So, chapter 11. Hmm? Uh, ends up being a couple of nights later. Uh, and this is one of the great little details. I saw you flagged this as well. Yeah. Um, the, they can't go for a couple of days because they're kids with responsibilities, like Marco and Rachel have homework. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's Cassie's dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. And it's just like these quiet little moments, like their lives are still happening. Yep. And also it's important. It's yeah. not like dismissed within the text. These are things that they do because they have lives that they need to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're outside the Chapman's house. It's a little after eight. Uh, Fluffer is out on the prowl. Um, uh, rectifying or smelling a fence post where another cat left to send, according to Tobias, um, which is just great. And uh, get, they're getting ready to do the thing. Um, and I appreciate this. Um, again, this characterization beat um, that Melissa's in trouble and that Rachel wants to help her. And Marcus, uh, Marco is like, Your job isn't to help her, you're supposed to be spying on Principal Chapman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, that's a bit too real. So then he has to make a joke. Um, mm-hmm. You're supposed to be finding some way for us to get at the Yerks so that we can all turn into wild animals and get ourselves killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rachel, I know why I'm doing this. And he's like, okay, we'll take care of yourself in there. That's an assistant principal you're dealing with. He finds out you're turning into a cat and gone sneaking around his house. That'll be after school detention for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all laugh as if detention's the biggest thing. But um, uh, the, if that's the biggest thing Rachel needs to worry about, and like Marco can be obnoxious, but on the other hand, he can make you laugh right, right when you really need to. Mm-hmm. So, um, Rachel morphs the cat and enjoys it a lot. Actually, this is hilarious. <laughs> Just like this whole, as anybody that has, uh, if anybody owns cats and lives or lives with cats, I recommend reading this book alone just for the experience that Rachel has being a tomcat. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like this whole, I'm scared, but I can't let people know I'm scared. So I'm going to be cool. I'm going to have swagger. Fuck everything that's not interesting to me specifically. That's not moving. I don't care. That's not moving. I don't care. This I care so much about. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it's just very fun to read. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's very good. And it's, it's interesting because like the others are trying to talk to her and she's like, yes, yes, I can hear you. I just don't care. It's just like peak cat. It's the best. Mm-hmm. It's just like you are so uninteresting to me right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. jump on this fence because I can. <laughs> and then the others are like, Rachel, uh, what are you doing? She's like, practicing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just very good. It's, it's very, very good. I had the, the. I feel like the Apple, uh, okay, Apple guy have cats. Like yeah. reading this, just like, oh, this feels like somebody that knows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I like the detail at the very end of this chapter as she's going into Chapman's house. Um, mm. I wasn't completely in, tr- in control of the cat. For some reason, I didn't want to completely control the cat. I kind of liked his arrogance, it made me feel more sure of myself. And despite what the others thought about me, I needed all the confidence I could get. Mm-hmm. Good. That's very good. So I, was, I love also just love the description of feeling like liquid steel as a cat. Mm-hmm. It's just like dope. Yeah. Uh, why did you stop to sniff that pole? Uh, I figured I should look like a real cat. <laughs> I feel like in that moment Tobias is like mm. <laughs> Yeah. And then and then he says he I mean he says it too. Um just remember it's fun being an animal for a while, not so fun when it's permanent. Yeah. And coming from him, it is a yeah. huge splash of cold water to Rachel. Um and she mm-hmm. pays more attention to what the fuck she's doing. Yeah. Uh, there's this moment Tobias I think this is before she morphs Tobias sends Rachel a private message. Um, yeah. I was like, I'll lift you out. And it's just like, ugh. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this moment, and uh, you flagged about how she's fighting the cat's instincts on the way into the house. Yeah. And what I like this, uh, this again, why I like Marco. Uh, when I said, mm. when he's bad, he's awful, but it's moments like this, I would give him the world. Just like, don't let the cat's arrogance get you into trouble, Marco Vice. Keep a little of your good old human fear. He paused. Oh, I forgot. Mighty Rachel doesn't have any good old human fear. So here's what you do. Borrow some of my good old human fear. I have plenty to spare. It's just like, I am notorious for liking smart mouth characters who are prone to this kind of behavior. And uh, I'm not sorry for it, but it's that little moment. Like, And obviously, I love that we have that moment where Rachel, like you fled, like Rachel's just like, I'm going to letting the cat take the lead because she does need that little bit extra. Yeah. in that moment but yeah. um yeah marco and rachel's <laughs> dynamic gives me life it's very good i like snarky bants in a way that isn't going to result in a couple as well mm-hmm. like hey here's the thing male female friendship good yeah. actually good actually uh but yep yeah, so uh rachel gets into the house through the cat flap there's a cockroach. Eh, don't care. <laughs> uh, and we get again this sort of Rachel as cat perspective. Uh, hearing Melissa, I'm figuring out, oh, Melissa's upstairs. Um, and she sort of, it's, she has to fight the cat's instincts again um, mm-hmm. to pay attention. And yeah. this is when she sort of notices that um, the Chapmans are acting beyond weird. Like, yeah. Mr. Chapman's literally just sitting on the couch, staring at the wall, yep. not watching TV or anything. And uh, Mrs. Chapman is, like, in the kitchen preparing vegetables, but isn't singing, humming, doing anything. It's just, like, very methodically mm-hmm. doing the thing. Yep. <clears throat> uh, and... Uh, uh, yeah, there's this great moment where uh, Chapman gets up, and the cat's like... Pfft. Okay, whatevs. But Rachel's just like, no, 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 no. We need, we need, I need to pay attention to this. And yes. like Rachel tells like the cat part of the brain, yes, Chapman is our prey. <laughs> um, and it's very good. And so uh, Tobias checks in, uh, much to Rachel's surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's sort of like, can you not do that, please? Um, <laughs> and um, I like, uh, Tobias' human words were annoying me. He wanted me to pay attention to him and it was hard to do. The cat didn't care. And Mm -hmm. the cat just wanted to go down and look around the basement and that's what she wanted to do as well. Mm -hmm. And we have that moment of um, looking out for him and just following Chapman down into the cellar, trying to reassure Tobias a little bit and then realises, I think this is where we get the first indication about uh, thought speech's limits. Mm -hmm. As Tobias' voice gets fainter until uh, she can't hear him as she heads into the basement. Uh, Chapman heads into a special room in the basement um, that has a steel door to it because, you know, subtlety. Um, uh, He goes in, Rachel follows after him, recognizing that this is a terrible idea because Mm -hmm. uh, she knows that she could be trapped in there. Um, Yeah. Chapman uh, gets on a hologram call with Visser 3. Gets on Holoskype. And uh, they talk for a little bit. Uh, The Visser is very insistent that Chapman's Yerk find the Andalite bandits. to the point that he like just doesn't care about any fucking else, anything fucking else. He just wants to know where the Andalite bandits are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very shouty. Uh, uh, Rachel figures out that this hologram projector also projects thought speak because Visa Three doesn't have a mouth in Andalite form, so twigs, and that's how she's able to hear what's going on. Yeah, uh, more chewing out of Innis two two six, and then. <laughs> Vissa notice. Oh, we get the fun thing where Rachel notices a smell, and mm-hmm. she figures out it might be the yerk that mm-hmm. she's smelling. Uh, and then Vissa three notices Rachel. Yep, and just like, and she's like, "What is that?" And it's like it's called a cat. 
are that species used as a pet? The humans keep them close and find comfort in there. She's like, and look, first off, Mr. Three is just like, well, we've got to kill the cat. And there's mm-hmm. this bit of moment just like, eh. And like, the uh, Rachel lets the cat's instincts sort of uh, come into play a little bit and tries to attack the hologram of Vista yep. 3, who puts the like, whips the tail out. And Vista 3 thinks this is the best shit that has happened all yep. day, clearly. Starts laughing. He's <laughs> just like, what a ferocious little beast. See how yep. he did not back away or run. I am many times his size, yet he struck me. A pity that the species is too small to serve as a host. Yep. Vista 3 is a like, cat person. This is a cat person. It's amazing. But then he's just like, but no, seriously, kill it. Uh, (laughs) And 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 Chapman's like, like, "Uh, um, this belongs to the host's daughter. And just like, and Visitha's like, hmm. Just like, fine, don't break cover. And like, Rachel's still leaning into being a cat and rubbing up against Chapman's leg. And Visitha's like, what's it doing? It's just like, it's signaling it wishes to be fed. Interesting. Claws and teeth and ferocity mixed with the subtleties manipulate creatures larger than itself. A worthy creature. Yes, let it live for now. Let it live until we have resolved the matter of the girl. Just like, fuck, this whole thing is so funny. I just cannot get over this. A three meter cat just be like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. Especially, it's especially great because like, he had the experience with Jake as a tiger mm. in the last book. And so he's like, huh, these felines, they are very ferocious. <laughs> uh, no, okay. So we have this argument. Uh, then they start talking about um, Melissa um, and how um, just who wants to have her infested as well. Yep. Chapman this- argues, like, no, mm-hmm. we said we weren't going to infest her. And and we get this thing about voluntary hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Visage is like, oh, that's an agreement. Agreements are tools, just like you are my tool. Um, and just like, bring me the bad light bandits, and then you don't have to do, then there's nothing to do with the cat or the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to see uh, Visa 3 once again with his love of theatrics. And power plays uh, morphs into um, this creature that you have written the name down. Oh, the Varnax. Yeah, uh, a natural or, or predator or of Vanax. the Earth. Excuse me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see, like, playing the footage of um, this weird, oddly transparent creature, like, sucking the yerk yep. out of her head. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> I like how first. As the projection, Vista 3 just like goes over Chapman's head or in his 2D6's yeah. head and just like, yeah, I could do this. Oh, not scary enough. Here's a projection of the last time I did this. <laughs> um, but uh, then we get that Vista 3 morphs back. It's just like, don't fail me. Because, yeah. you know, he's the baddie and we need to be reminded of this. <laughs> uh, Chapman heads upstairs. Um, talks to Mrs. Chapman, fills her in on what's happening. And I like, I, I noted here that um, that they don't like Vista 3. That Vista yeah. 3 is not a popular person. Who knew? He yeah. seems like such a people person. Uh, but calling him that Andalite controlling scum. And I wish the Council of 13 would find out what kind of a mess he's making. Let them take mm-hmm. that Andalite body from him and throw him back in some distant pool on the homeworld. Yep. And the Mrs. Chapman, or the host, or the yeah, is just like, uh, don't wish for that. Uh, before he loses power, he'll have destroyed you. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but um, I, I like that little window into because that's yeah. one of the first instances we see of like casual yerk interaction, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then Melissa comes down the stairs. And we have just ah. an absolutely heartbreaking moment where she asks them for help on her homework, and they both are extremely dismissive. Um, like they say the right words, but no conviction. 
no conviction, basic, almost a flat affect. Um, like Mrs. Chapman is like, you should do your own work. That's how you learn. Um, and if you still can't figure it out, your father will help you. Um, and, and Melissa is just like trying, essentially begging without begging, like, you know, Hey, I'm really having trouble with this. I could really use help. Um, and Mrs. Chapman smiled. It was a smile as empty as Melissa's. Square roots are hard to understand, aren't they? But I know you can do it. Um, and it's... The words were normal enough. I guess my own mom or dad could have said exactly the same things to me. Dear, sweetheart. But the way they were said, there was something missing. Humanity. Love. Call it whatever you want. The words were right. They were completely wrong. It was horrible. Horrible in a totally different way than the monsters we had fought in the Yerk Pool. This was the kind of horrible that made you want to cry instead of scream. And suddenly, I found myself running after Melissa as she headed back up the stairs. When I reached her room, Melissa sat down on the bed and began sobbing. And it's... And it's sad, and it sucks. It's so sad. Uh, Tobias <clears throat> starts checking in um, with Rachel... Uh, it's just like you've got more than an hour left. Fluff is on his way back. Cassie Drake trying to, like, doing recon. Mm -hmm. um, and Rachel's just like, I can't leave. Um, yeah. And goes to um, comfort um, Melissa. And this is the bit I highlighted because it gave me feels. Yeah. Um, I heard a sound coming from somewhere. It was a sound that reminded me of my mother. It reminded me of both my mothers the human woman and the cat who had licked my fur and carried me around in her mouth. I recognized the sound. It was purring. I was purring. And I sort of flagged this because that feel of being multiple things mm -hmm. simultaneously um, on a, both micro and macro level, it's like super evocative of, the, of what the series is about, yeah. about being multiple things to multiple people, drawing on multiple experiences and yeah empathy and it's just such a quiet little thing and i really like how it's sort of written and melissa like goes in and like starts petting fluffer mm -hmm. as it were starts talking to the cat as as one does mm -hmm. and rachel's like oh shit have i been made she's like no just talking to the cat and meanwhile while this is going on like rachel's uh just like trying to be like Tobias it's fine I'm just doing the thing and she's like Jake is losing it out here and <laughs> Rachel and not for the first time she's like not yet Melissa needs me and she's like somebody needs Rachel to do a thing she needs to be there for someone so fuck the consequences yep uh Melissa asks Fluffer why her parents don't love her anymore <sighs> yeah um, in, in other interviews, K.A. Applegate has said that this is one of the weaker books in the series, or they feel like this is one of the weaker books in the series. Um, but this moment really, like, really drives home the stakes for me in a way that, you know, even Tom's situation doesn't, um... Because, like, you know, we care about Tom because Jake cares about Tom. But this here is, like, we know next to nothing about Melissa as a character. We know that Rachel used to be her friend and all this other sort of stuff. But this idea of, like, oh, the Yerks have made this child think that her parents don't love her. Because they don't think it's important enough to pretend to be humans because they don't think she's important enough to hide from. And it's just like, ugh. Yeah, there's this moment where, like, Jake using Tobias as proxy to yell at Rachel and she's just like, tell him to shut up. Um, mm -hmm. I'll come out. Um, we have this moment, uh, like you were just saying, just like, uh, Melissa cried and it came to me like a vision. All the children all over whose parents had been made in control into controllers and the parents whose children had been taken from them to be turned in controllers. Just sort of like this underscoring here of Rachel, like the stakes of what, what they're fighting for become super apparent. Mm -hmm. um, Melissa falls asleep. Uh, Rachel exits 
and um, gets to the others. And Jake's just like, you only have 10 minutes. I hope it was worth scaring us all. Um, and Rachel's like, yes, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, gives her what they heard from, uh, what she heard from Vista 3. And we get basically Rachel's mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided that I've decided that I don't care what it takes or how many risks I have to run. I don't care what happens to me. I hate these yurks. I hate them. I hate them. And I will find a way to stop them. Yep. <sighs> yes. Yep. <laughs> Moving on. Rachel gets a C on a math test. Just again, those little touches of real life continues. Um, yeah. Rachel says that her real life, or well, grades are starting to fall because she was busy doing to save the world or save a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, just her observations about what's happening to Melissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake swings by after class, says there's a meeting later over at the church. I just love this little exchange yeah. uh, where Rachel's like, okay, but it's a long walk, and Jake just there, like, it's not described as a shit-eating grin, but I, yeah. I think we all know that it feels like shitty grin. It's just like, and he's just like, so don't walk. <laughs> <laughs> and Rachel's like, two hours later, I was in the air. <laughs> yep. um, struggles to l- l- leave the ground as an eagle. Um, uh, Tobias manages to get some elevation, catches up with Tobias, um, who takes her over to the mall because there are thermals. Uh, Find a little bit about the concrete. I just love the little detail there of how there's always uh, like the little moment. And uh, Rachel's just like, flying is like the nicest thing in the world. And Tobias is like, yeah, it is one of the nicest things. But there are things you miss too. Um, and just goes in this little thing. And he's like, Rachel observes, like, he didn't sound like he was feeling sorry for himself, just like he was mentioning something that happened to be true. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> But, uh, yep, so they head back, uh, they head to the tower, or the church tower, and uh, we have a meeting, and it starts off with Marco talking about coordinating their outfits. (laughs) This becomes a running joke. Oh, does it? Amazing. (laughs) Very good. I just like, oh, you want to look like the fast fashion? Like, no, more like X-Men. Yep. Uh, And this is not the first time they've talked about, like, oh, this is like coming back to the heroes thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just like right now if anyone saw us they would think oh cool superheroes they think man those people do not know how to dress <laughs> um, but then uh, then there's this fucking moment just like it's all jokes until there's a moment of full on levity and then he swings right back into being a joke yeah. which is Marco I, t- I think it's time to get over your fantasy of yours we're not superheroes this is not a comic book yes but I really want it to be a comic book see in a comic book the heroes don't get killed I mean okay they killed Superman that time but it was only temporary and it's like mm-hmm. he is so aware yeah um, yep. <laughs> but Cassie's just like what's the matter with combining green and purple asking Marco Marks like some major fashion no no and uh, Rachel's ready to go like been reading Vogue again um, and then Jake's just like people, and I use the term loosely. Um, we need to decide what we're doing next. And um, actually, I'm gonna kind of put a pin in that moment. Um, like little gags like that, and Marco being short. Uh, I know one of the popular ships for Animorphs, as it was being chatted about in the server this week. Mm. It's just like uh, whether or not Marco is gay or could be read as gay. Mm. So, which I am looking forward to sort of keeping. I mean, I always have queer goggles on. They're like surgically attached by this point. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure Word have Word of God has confirmed that Marco is bi. Oh, sweet. Um, it's never it's never explicitly said in the said in the novels. Um, yeah, and you know they they express regret that they didn't ever say it explicitly, but it's mm-hmm. it's heavily implied, especially with the way that his. Uh, when you see his narration, when he talks about how other people look, um, mm-hmm. it's it's a little gay. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, but to get serious for a moment, this is where like Marco sort of kicks off a little bit and just mm-hmm. like, yeah, we need to be doing what's next. Uh, I should be at home. Yeah. Um, and this is, again, Rachel noticing the details. Marco's voice always cracks when he mentions his mum. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake looks like he's about to say something 
And Rachel's like, I was feeling the same way, just like that Marco just needed to deal with reality. But again, mm-hmm. it's Cassie peacemaking, just like, don't let any of this get in the way of spending time with your dad. Mm-hmm. And then she's clearly like gives this look to Jake and to Rachel. Just like yeah. there isn't much point in doing any of this if we get forget why we're doing it. And then Rachel, um, like Cassie's right, when you get home, tell your dad you love him, Marco. I blurted it out without thinking about it. It wasn't wasn't the kind of thing I normally say. Um, and then like Marco just like tries to be flippant about it, uh, being snide. Um and he has yeah. this moment of just like he could see I could see he knew what I was talking about, and then he's mm-hmm. suddenly back to business. Yep. Granted, uh, it's jokes, but he's on <laughs> he's on mission, yeah. as it were. Um, Rachel says she wants to go back into the Chapman's house. Jake is like, "But why?" And Rachel's like, "There's more I can learn." Um, and they all argue about this. Everyone is really wondering why Rachel is so adamant about it. Um, but they all kind of give in to what what she's saying um mm-hmm. and you definitely get the vibe that like she's hiding things from them she's not telling them that viscer three told chapman to kill her um and they are all like sharing looks and there's a moment where tobias is talking to her privately uh, to uh cassie privately and not sharing it with the class <laughs> uh-huh. so so like we definitely get the moment of like Rachel is hiding stuff from them and they are basically say they're basically talking behind her back like something's wrong with Rachel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, what are we gonna do about it? Yeah. I love that Cassie's like, I think we should find a way for someone to go along with Rachel. And she's just like, Yeah, what are you gonna do? Turn to a flea and ride on my back? It's just like she smiled and gave a little shrug. I'm just saying we should think about it. She's like, Rachel, my friend, welcome <laughs> to being the architect. Of your own distraction. <laughs> um, but what I, I really like is throughout this whole thing, the way she's talking, there's this fierceness to, the, mm-hmm. to both her internal voice, not just what she's saying out loud, but the way she's thinking, mm-hmm. uh, the willingness to put herself in harm's way to help other people, to keep things from other people in the name of doing the right thing. And then I put squints at Ariel because yeah. shout out to Mac and their choices. Yeah, I regularly yell at Mac because of how on the nose Ariel is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but it makes me sad, Mac. And they're like, okay, <laughs> it makes me sad too. And I'm the one doing it. And I was like, all right, as long as we're on the same page. Yeah, we're all sad. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yes, yeah, so it's agreed that Rachel is going to go back in uh, into the Chapman's place. So um, I love how um, Rachel's just like, yeah, I'm going to hurt these creeps. And Tobias privately DMs her mentally. Just like, <laughs> that's not the only reason you're going in, not just going it to hurt the Yerks. Um, you're going in there because you want to help. And just like, isn't that a fucking mission statement right there? It's yeah. not about hurting people first and foremost or fighting it's about helping people Mm -hmm. and to which it's just like same thing yep uh they go ahead it was a dark and stormy night sorry i've always wanted to write that but it really was a dark and stormy night just like (laughs) oh what a dork so good (laughs) they're all nerds is the thing they're nerds Um, uh, so they meet back up at Chapman's house. Jake doesn't show up. Uh, Marco says that his uh, Jake's dad grounded him. <laughs> and Rachel's like, but why? And Marco's like, I don't know. You know how parents are. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love, and um, we'll find out in a not very long about what, what where Jake really is. But what mm-hmm. I like was when that's a touch again of, if it were the truth, of reality once again asserting itself. Two, Rachel immediately missing him. Yep. Like, we've talked before about Jake being that presence, that the the one they look to. Mm-hmm. And with him not there, Rachel is, like, more nervous. Yep. So. 
Uh, Rachel turns into the cat again. Uh, Cassie sends her in, but before she does, she pets her. Um, and Cassie's like, no, 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 don't run away yet. I'm still petting you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cassie is many things. <laughs> Subtle is not one of them. No. <laughs> uh, the rain has started. Um, uh, Rachel protests about how that makes the being able to smell things suck. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, smile, Cassie smiles mysteriously and Rachel's like, I soon found I lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but heads into the house. Yep, and then follows Chapman uh, down to the basement. She actually does a much better job of sneaking behind Chapman. Um, there's some nice description here of how she's watching his feet really carefully and like hiding when he turns to look and that sort of stuff. Um, and then Jake gives her a heart attack when he speaks to her in thought speak. <laughs> and she's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, where are you? You scared me half to death. Um, she's like, "Are we okay?" So what the fuck? Do you-? See, the instinct to put fucks into Rachel's yep. dialogue is so strong. Yep. Um, let the animorphs say fuck. Let the animorphs say fuck. Um, it turns out, um, Jake is a flea. Yep. Can't see anything. Can't hear anything. Yep. Is just sort of aware of warmth and the smell of blood. Yep. So needs like Rachel to fill him in on what's going on. <laughs> yep. But he does mention that like being the flea is actually kind of okay, mostly because the mm. flea mind is so limited that he's not having to fight any instincts. Mm. So in some ways, being a bug is not as much of a nightmare as they were concerned about. Um, yeah. And I love how he's explaining this because I expected it to be horrible. But when Cassie and Marco and I tested it out, they're like, what? everyone's in on this with you um i just like we figured someone should go along with you tobias said ah so tobias is in on this too yeah but there's the really great detail tobias said you were not telling us everything he wasn't sure why or what it was you weren't telling and so it's just like tobias watching rachel and knowing enough about rachel to know when she's being cagey Mm -hmm. um but she's able to hide under the desk uh, fills uh, Jake in on what's going on and starts listening in to this conversation and then she's like oh hey Jake so uh, I didn't tell you last time that Vista 3 kind of noticed and told Chapman he should just kill me <laughs> <laughs> Jake's like what <laughs> you came back after that uh, the visitor oh. asks for a report and they t- they bicker back and forth about the fact that, you know, it's been a couple of days and Chapman still hasn't found the Andalite bandits. Visser mm-hmm. 3 is everyone's absolutely terrible boss. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like, I don't care about that you got this. I want this. Because I've yeah. got new hosts. Yeah. And this is great. One's like an agent of the FBI. No concern yeah. at all for me, the reader. Like, what? And like, <laughs> Visser 3 is just like, just more shouty. Yep. Um, and... <laughs> Rachel's relaying this information to Jake um, and in the middle of that uh, Chapman kicks out and accidentally kicks her in the ribs and she makes a loud noise because who wouldn't frankly mm-hmm. um, and and now Visser 3 is very mad Chapman is also very mad um, mm-hmm. and, and the Visser says um, now there can be no doubt that this cat is one of the Andalite bandits uh, which I mean, I don't know if I buy that because mm-hmm. a cat sneaking down twice into a basement mm-hmm. um, is is not exactly an indication of terrible behavior. But like, yeah. Rachel, Rachel says they're busted and then proceeds to act very much like an antelite bandit. Um, mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, if she had done anything other than she did, then Chapman would have just killed her. And so it, it was a lose-lose yeah. situation in terms of outing herself. Yeah. But- uh, so Vista 3 like tells Chapman slash Innes to uh, capture her uh, and Rachel and the cat instincts are both sort of like oh no nah, uh, not going to make this easy and there's uh, there's no sensible choice but to surrender but the cat and I were in agreement on this you never surrender mm-hmm. which is when I put in our dog oh this girl is going to hurt me in the future isn't she oh buddy uh, oh buddy yeah 
but the the cat kicks up a fight. Blood is drawn. Vissa three is being every manager ever had, just giving really unhelpful advice on how to do it. <laughs> uh, Jake is like, "What's going on? I feel like we're bouncing around a lot." Um, oh, and then as this is going on, we have fucking Vissa three just like a magnificent animal. <laughs> <laughs> after after Rachel like bites into Chapman. Yeah. Like she tears the shit out of Chapman. Yeah. Like she claws him to death. She he he grabs her and like mm-hmm. pins her to him and she just bites the shit out of him again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Vista like, 3 is just like, this is the best show ever, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Bring it to me. Um Mm-hmm. And and I like how Chapman's like, Visser, what if I, ow, what if it resumes its andalite shape? Yes, ow, rotten little beast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but it's like, also, mm-hmm. no, a normal human, I don't think, would be able to really power through yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but because the Yerk can basically just yeah. take control of a body. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's... Uh, but yeah, Chapman gets hold of, the, uh, of Rachel, and then Vista Three lays down the law, and it's just like bring the girl, as yep. well. And it's just like I've been indulgent too long. The spies penetrate your home. It's because of the girl. I've already chosen a yerk for her. Bring her, or uh, and obey me, or face the uh, Vanarix, Vanarix, Vanarix. Yeah. And then pieces out, and Chapman just like throws Rachel, and Jake's like, okay, I know something's going on. <laughs> Um, like Chapman at this point just pulls a gun. Well, a dragon yep. beam. Yeah, and it's just like, can we just? And <laughs> you see, and this is not the first time it's described, but Chapman's face is twitching. Mm-hmm. Um, and his weapon, his hand is like Jake, and Jake's just like, can you please tell me what's going on? I felt another body, and I think I'm sensing blood. And Rachel's like, I think we're in, we're kind of in a mess. <laughs> and uh, just like this, this great back and forth. Um. She and, uh, she lays it out for Jake. Oh, mm-hmm. this is bad. <laughs> just just the nonchalance. Yeah, dog. <laughs> uh huh. Um. So, uh, Mister Chapman calls Mrs. Chapman, um, and basically they have a very frank conversation about like what the viscer wants, and also, oh yeah, this is an Andalite bandit that I have to take to him, and. Uh, like Mrs. Chapman goes and gets an animal carrier and gets and stuffs Rachel inside of it. Um, but as they move, like as the Chapmans move to leave the basement with Rachel, um, the the hosts, the act, the real Mister and Mrs. Chapman, uh, begin to fight like hell against their yurks. Um, like there's there's a solid like page worth Mm -hmm. of or a page and a half almost worth of just like them uh, like mrs chapman is choking herself uh starts with a slap around slaps her own face and then choking uh mr chapman uh basically um gives makes his legs give out and all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff and it's just like it's really it's almost gruesome in mm. in us in the sense of like, you know, these hosts are literally throwing everything that they can at these Yerks because they are afraid for their daughter. And mm-hmm. then at the end the Yerks get control anyway. Yeah. And then we get this really detached statement when they've both got control again and Mrs. Chapman's just like, they fight fiercely for their children, these humans. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Mr. Chapman talking about how he's not going to be able to maintain control like this. Mm-hmm. Because he has to interact with humans so often. Yeah. Um, uh, Mrs. Chapman notes, he doesn't have to win. All he has to do is wait until you're in a meeting with parents or members of the school board and then strike. They'll think you'll, you've lost your mind. Um, and Chapman Chapman is basically like, look, I'll take the Andalite and I'll leave the girl. Maybe I can just make Visser 3 understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Melissa comes out and is absolutely fucking distraught because she sees Fluffer in a carrier and her dad won't talk to her about what he's doing with her cat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Rachel reaches out to Tobias and is like, we need Fluffer right fucking now. The real, like yeah. the real Fluffer. Um, Tobias uh, <laughs> comes in uh, chasing Fluffer uh, mm-hmm. and Fluffer zooms into the house and Melissa is like, uh, <laughs> the, there's the weird thing of like the, both the Andalite bandits and Mr. Chapman are kind of working together here because they both want, uh, they both want Melissa to go back inside because they know if Melissa keeps this up that Mr. Chapman will have to take her to Visser 3 and then she'll get infested. Um, and so Chapman is really quick on the uptake when Tobias chases the real Fluffer back into the house and he's like, no, this isn't Fluffer, this is some other cat. And Melissa's just like, but why didn't, why didn't you just say that from the beginning? And Chapman's mm-hmm. like, I didn't notice you. And Melissa's like, like, I was crying. I was crying. And he just says, sorry, with a shrug, shoves the cage in the backseat of the car and drives off. Yeah, it's, it's awful. We've got Rachel's relieved and then just checking in with Jake and just like, can you fill me in? <laughs> um, so Rachel does. Uh, is very aware of the amount of trouble she's in. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, Jake. Jake's like, you're not beaten yet. And she's just like, Jake, you've been in Morph longer than me. You need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like, when we get to uh, wherever we're going, just jump away and do that. And he's just like, I'm not going to leave you alone. And she's like, oh, no, he was trying to be brave, but he was making me mad. And she's like trying to use logic. And to be fair, it's a solid argument. And Jake's just like, we're not beaten yet. And just she's just trying to convince him. And Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like, um, uh, and she's like getting aside, like starts to scratch herself just to like get rid of him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just like, okay, fine, we've lost the battle. Yep. And uh, he says that he leaves. Basically, uh, when they get to the the construction site, which is where Visser Three told them to have this meeting, um, mm-hmm. uh, and Chapman takes them the carrier out of the car. Jake's like, "Okay, fine, I'm leaving." Um, yeah, <clears throat> and then There's Rachel this... is alone. Yeah, and she like wants to check that Jake isn't there, and so it's like calls out his name a couple of times, and she says, "Answer me. I've changed my mind. I want you to stay with me. If he had lied to me, he would answer now." Come on, Jake, I've changed my mind. I need you. No answer. He was truly gone. That fact filled me with grim satisfaction. If Jake and the others survived, there would still be some hope. But the feeling of loneliness was awful. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, some bug fighters come in and the blade ship yep. shows up. Secrecy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and again, we get this description of like the wave of fear coming off as a three ship. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and Rachel is scared to death, and because there isn't like none of she doesn't think any of her friends are around her to watch, and so she like there's no bravado here. There's mm-hmm. just fear. Um, Visser three disembarks, as do Orkbajir and some taxons. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some more description of them in case you forgot what they looked like from last time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, uh, Visser 3 basically, like, leans down to look in through the bars of the cage, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I love this line, but Fluffer was not at all, not at all impressed by Visser 3. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's so good. Like, because Rachel's talking about being terrified. Yes, I could feel the mind, terrible terror. force of his will batter me. In an instant, I knew I would never survive his questioning. I would never tell us everything. His power was a million times greater than mine. His will was a vast, huge, irresistible thing. And what was I? Just some foolish little girl, a foolish lost girl. Yeah, she's thirteen. She's thirteen. And then Fluffer steps up, which is like. Okay, I, I'm scared of big birds. I'm scared of loud dogs. Don't like big cats. What's this weird deer thing? Don't care. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and we, we and get it's this, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and basically, Rachel gives up some of her mind to the cat and lets the cat mind kind of take over for a while um, because she recognizes that, like, she can't take this, but maybe the cat can. And I have emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Fluffer's just like doesn't care at all. He's sniffing like, the air. And this is when Vissa makes the uh, notion, oh, this is like the big orange and black thing yeah. uh, that attacked me. And just like, I was like, oh, they're uh, family felines, and these are the smallest ones. <laughs> I see you have damaged my servant, Innis226, Andalite. No one ever <laughs> accused you, Andalites, of lacking courage. You are a race of fools, but brave. <laughs> yeah. They're like, and they're just like, this is my point. Like, he is like a fucking Bond villain. It's just like, ugh, fine. Talking, yep. talking. Just like, come on, react. She's like, no. Yep. Um, and there's this moment. She's like, um, Rachel's like, I said nothing. I tried to think nothing. I was afraid that if I said anything, he would instantly know I was not an Andalite. And if he realized I was human, the others would never be safe. I had to stay in this body. And then this line. Yep. I had to die in this body and take my secret with me. Mm-hmm. She's 13! <laughs> yep. Jesus. Yep. But um, then Vista 3 puts the cage down and turns his attention back to Chapman. She's like, so where's the girl? I have, impro- I have promised her to Innis 455. Innis 455 is a spawn mate of yours, I believe. Just like, hey, <laughs> look, look, look how, what a good boss I'm being. Going to be somebody you know living in your daughter in the same house. Isn't that yep. nice? Mm-hmm. And Chapman's like, uh, and like Vista 3 is just like instant polite, gone. Yep. Just like grabs hold of Chapman. Like, this is a threat to him. And she's like, do you defy me? Mm-hmm. And Chapman's like, no, 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 no. And we have this moment where there's this exchange where Chapman's just like trying to explain and Vistler's just like, do you think this host never resists? Mm-hmm. And Chapman asks that or says that his host wants to speak to Vista 3 directly. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love slash absolutely hate the detail of um, as soon as Visser 3 allows the host to address him and we, and Innis essentially um, lets go of the controls of Chapman. Chapman collapses. Uh, it was like he was a marionette and someone had cut his strings. He collapsed straight down. His legs had just twisted up under him. He tried to stand up, but it was as if he didn't know how to make his legs work. They would jerk and suddenly kick out, but he could not stand. And it's like, the real human Chapman had been out of control of his own body for so long, he no longer remembered how to move or speak. And it takes him a while to even be able to form words. Yeah. Um, And then he starts explaining about how uh, he didn't want to join you, that his wife did. Mm -hmm. Um, And then his wife was no longer his wife, threatened their daughter. And um, he forgives his wife uh, for being weak. Um, But Chapman agreed to be a host, so Melissa wouldn't be. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's Rachel's like moment of awareness. Like he had given more than his life to save his daughter. Yeah. And Vista um, Three just like the situation's changed, and Chapman just like and Ch- Chapman plays it just like the girl is no threat, but I am. Yeah, and he he actually he does stand up, um, and it, it's you know the chapter ends on this on this note of Chapman standing up. And saying, like, the girl isn't a threat, but I am. And then the next chapter starts with, like, he just pushes Chapman's chest and Chapman falls down. And it's, it's yeah. like, it's turning that kind of trope on its head very much mm-hmm. in a just terrible way. Yeah. Like reality asserting itself. Yep. Just like, this is not, to quote uh, Kingston, it's not that kind of movie, bruv. Yep. It's like, you don't get to have those moments, not this early in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have this, and Chapman's just like, I'll fight you forever. Um, and the post takes control again. Uh, Rachel notices the time, um, realizes running, running out. 
But um, and then Chapman and in uh, sorry Innes uh, in Chapman who's back in control and Mister Three talks more and just like yeah no this guy is a viable threat. Mm-hmm. Basically repeating the conversation, and Mister um, Three's like fine, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Rachel's relieved that uh, Melissa is safe, if nothing mm-hmm. else. Uh, so they begin to take Rachel on board the blade ship, and Jake is just like. So what's happening now? <laughs> and I'm just this like little shit never left. <laughs> he never left. And Rachel's just like, "Are you still here?" It's just like, and Jake's just like, "Who else would it be? You know, anyone else to be a talking flea riding on your back?" <laughs> and it's just like, and then the thing is, it's quite like a light-hearted back and forth. She's like, "You were supposed to get away. Like I was going to abandon you." Um, and you have this exchange. Rachel's just like, oh, you've, uh, I've got 15 minutes left. Oh, and Jake's just like, 15 minutes, great. I've got 10. Um, <laughs> and I just want to highlight the implications of what Jake did here. Mm-hmm. This is book two. Mm-hmm. And he not only was willing to lie to her, yep. to put himself in more danger to do it, and just like completely disproving what Rachel thought about him. Mm-hmm. Like what he's willing to listen to, mm-hmm. and the thing is, it worked. So why wouldn't he do it again? Yep. It's like fuck. Mm-hmm. Sucks. Jake. Jake. Jake learns the ins and outs of his team super well, and it's really sad how mm-hmm. well he knows exactly how to use each and every one of them it War fucks you up yeah it does we're on book two we're on book fucking two <laughs> uh, yeah. but okay so we've got this exchange uh and jake's like get out of it and rachel's like jake get out of here the blade ship door opens things are getting serious jake's like i'm not getting out of here none of us are and just like rachel's like what um, everyone's nearby and um, yeah here comes some badassery it's the climactic fight scene of the book yep uh, the, an earth mover out in the construction site starts to move uh, the hork uh begin to move a lot faster uh, they toss Rachel and the carrier into the blade ship Jake jumps away and begins to morph um, Visser 3 eviscerates one of the taxons. And then he's just like, you two fly the ship, the rest of you eat that one. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh. uh, we get, this is I think the first instance of Visser 3 just like being totally willing to kill his underlings mm-hmm. for no reason, for, for telling him news he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which will go very well for him in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, the it's getting louder outside. Jake uh, is getting bigger in the background, and Rachel calls out to him, just like I'm concentrating. Mm-hmm. Um, is managing to turn into a tiger, uh, and Rachel's like starts to change herself to get bigger. Mm-hmm. She she morphs just enough until she has fingers so that she can undo the lock, and then morphs back. Um, Jake as a tiger has a crowning moment of badass mm-hmm. where he just like he rams into Visser 3 um, and fucking just tears the shit out of him um, still a cat person V3 huh <laughs> uh, then a bunch of hork rush rush to the Visser's defense uh, Jake and Rachel book it off of the ship right Rachel fully um, back in cat mode. Yep. Uh, there is a chase scene. Um, uh, the, they managed to narrowly escape the hork but now something else is moving. Uh, another Earth mover is going. Uh, Rachel's trying to find a place to morph. She ducks into an abandoned building. Uh, but now Visser 3 has morphed into a terrible creature and just tears the fucking roof off the building. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she she keeps trying to run um, and Vista 3 is still chasing her um, the bug fighter in the background explodes yeah go team 
I don't know what they make it out of that just running a earth mover into it will make it explode, but you know. Yeah. Uh it's 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 great. Um like Rachel takes a leap of faith trying to get away, and that's when Tobias catches hold of her. Yeah. As she leaps. Yep. And it's very good. And I, I do appreciate his say, geez, Rachel, next time you want to morph into a kitty, pick one that doesn't eat so much. Um <laughs> and, like can't carry her far. But um as, as this, this this great visual of like this of Tobias as a hawk carrying her as far as the tree line and dropping her and she's able to in cat form slow her fall enough before she can start and she's already morphing back as she hits the ground. Yep. So everybody else gets away. Um they all survived. Um the next yeah. day or at the next gymnastics class. Um, uh, Rachel writes a anonymous note to Melissa and puts it in her locker. Um, Melissa reads it. Uh, I don't know that I personally would feel any better in this situation reading that. Um, mm. but, uh, Rachel says that Melissa seems more into practice that day, like a little more present. Um, and... Yeah. They, the Animorphs meet up and Rachel tells them that she left Melissa a note and she expects that everybody will like ream into her for it, but everybody's like very understanding. Um, and uh, basically, I guess Cassie says it, the, the, the dialogue tags aren't super great. Um Yeah. We destroyed a bug fighter, we made Visser 3 nervous, and and Marco finishes, and we came out alive. Um, Jake agrees, that's a very important thing to do. Um, mm -hmm. And Rachel's like, well, next time we'll do this, that, and the other. And Marco says, next time! And Tobias, of course, closing it out, there will be a next time until the Andalites return. So, buckle in! Buckle in. So that's book two. That is indeed book two. <sighs> How do you feel? Considering, like, I was real surprised by that comment that you shared about um, Kay Applegate thinking this is one of the weaker ones, because I yeah. find it really effective. Yeah. So, I, I, yep, still invested, having a <laughs> lot of emotions about Rachel <laughs> and all the others. Good. Good. It's good. Good, good. Um, <laughs> um, I'm ask you, so how do you feel that like, Rachel compares to Jake as a narrator on the revisit now that you're coming back in? Um, I love Rachel with my whole entire heart. Uh, and I think she is in some ways a better narrator because she notices things more, like how you kept pointing mm -hmm. out. Um, she's very observant um, and is is definitely a impetus for action. Um, mm. Whereas like in the last book, Jake was very much kind of reacting to things as opposed yes. to taking active steps. Mm -hmm. And Rachel is very much a, you know, go and, and be the person who's doing the acting. Yeah. What I like, although she's obviously keeping stuff to herself, like Rachel, what her external monologue is very in line with her internal. Mm -hmm. Like, while it's great to get that insight, I feel like if somebody else was telling, narrating this one, I feel like it wouldn't feel massively different or it wouldn't seem outwardly very different mm -hmm. because I feel like you'd still pretty much understand what Rachel was about based on her actions. And by that, I mean it lines up so neatly. Mm -hmm. how she acts and how she thinks whereas jake it's a different matter yeah so uh what was your favorite part did anything surprise you this a three being a cat person <laughs> um i know that's so great about that i really just was so delighted by the visual of this three as a hologram yeah. interacting with rachel as cat it's just so it's so good <laughs> Just oh, I need to send you a thing. Oh my oh, god! Oh, please do. Okay, uh, it's it's actually it's from the 
it's from the TV series, which is terrible and we won't talk about. But, okay. But in one in uh Paparena's uh, uh Paparena's review of the second uh, episode of the Animorphs uh thing, um he he does a supercut. <laughs> Go ahead, keep talking. I'm going to find it. Okay. Um I don't feel like, I think everything sort of followed pretty well in this one. I enjoyed like the visual of like a secret communication room built into the basement. Um, and as much as it was fun to kind of poke fun at that a little bit, like the reflection of just how much and how embedded the Yerks are is mm -hmm. cool and upsetting. Yeah, for sure. So what about you? Favorite part? Um... I will say uh, Rachel as Fluffer like shouting to like let for them to let her stay and be yeah. there for Melissa. I feel yeah, like I, th that. I think I think the the moment when um when she's staying there with Melissa mm. is is one of my favorites um just because it's like it, like I said before like it really drives home what what everything is about um and uh and, and i just really love that that look at rachel as someone who um as someone who really viscerally cares about the people around her and like that's uh -huh. that's her core motivation for everything she does is just to protect the people around her um yeah and i'm emo about it thanks it's very good. Um, do we feel that Rachel should have gone in the second time? This question kind of ties into the last one that I wrote down, um, mm -hmm. which is like when, when Marco and Rachel really are having the argument about whether or not they're going to continue to run missions. Um, and... And, you know, Marco's like, we didn't do anything. Why? Why are we continuing to try? You know, like yeah. we, we didn't accomplish anything. This is so much bigger than us. Um, why? Why continue? Um, and Rachel's like, but we did like. We, we got in there, we made Visser. <laughs> we basically we we showed Visser three that there's someone against him. And made him slightly nervous, and <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so the the question here is like, did did they actually accomplish anything? I don't. I don't know that they did. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's if that means they shouldn't have gone in. Um. But I mean. I think an argument can be made that really the reason why Rachel went in the second time was to prove it was worth doing. Mm -hmm. Like, to make a point. I mean, yes, she wants to help Melissa very much yeah. so, but that accomplishes nothing except her getting caught. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, whereas I disagree with that the Yerk pull absolutely did accomplish something. Mm. So, but I feel like that need to prove that what they're doing makes a difference maybe pushed Rachel to act in a way more rashly than she should have done yeah I think so too <sighs> these kids these kids I'm about it mm -hmm. but yeah so that was book two that was book two um let us know what you thought. Um, and I got to stop looking for this. I'm, I can't do two things at once. Um, let us know what you thought, uh, whether you read the book along with us or whether you're just getting it, getting uh, the storyline from us. Um, <laughs> which, like, I understand. I do recommend you read the books, but, like, they're not for everybody, really. Um, and I know I have consumed many a media only through the reviews, um, which mm -hmm. is why I like going through all the plot and stuff. Um, but yeah, this was this was number two, the visitor. Next time we get to 
number three, The Encounter, which is a Tobias book. Uh, my emo son. <laughs> I'm sad. Yeah. And on that joyous note. On that joyous note. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Talk Stay to you later. safe out there. Um, my co-host has been Danielle. You can find her on Twitter at RedtailedHawk90 and listen to her uh, playing uh, a hack of together of uh, what is it? Uh, Scum and Villainy and mm -hmm. Beam with elements of Beam Saver over at the room where it happens. Check them out on RoomWebPod on Twitter. Yeah. My co-host has been Jade. You can find them at Jade Oxford Rose on Twitter. And you can listen to them play a whole bunch of different GMless tabletop games uh, on Follow the Leader, which you can find at FTLcast on Twitter. And you can, of course, find the podcast that we do together that is an actual play of Animorphs um, called Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Uh, it doesn't have a Twitter account, but you can find it on your podcatcher of choice. And we are part of the Standing Stones Podcasting Guild. Uh, you can find us at stones underscore standing, which collates all of the different podcasts we do and has tweets about them. And also when we do various live streams for charity and or to amuse ourselves. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at stones underscore standing on Twitter is the best place to sort of keep up with all of the different things we do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's clap, clap, I guess. Yeah. Let's clap.